listening, but everyone, uh, we have Dr. Hackler uh, from Mount Diablo Veterinary Clinic in California on the call with us this evening. So thank you very much for coming on, Dr. Hackler. We're really happy to have you. Um, if you would, could you just give us some background on yourself uh, and kind of how you got partnered with Medivet Biologics in the first place? Sure, absolutely. So um, I have just a, a general small animal practice. Um, we have three doctors. Um, I've been in practice for about 35 years and uh, oh, I guess seven or eight years ago got really interested in regenerative medicine and um, one thing led to another and you know, hooked us up with, uh, with Medivet. Um, we do all our own stem cell processing in our hospital. So uh, Medivet provides us with all the necessary equipment and tools to do that and training for our staff to do that. Um, so that's been, a, that's been a great thing as far as easing it for our clients. So we no longer have to um, obtain fat, send it to Medivet, let them process it, send it back, et cetera. So we do all our stem cell treatments, including the initial fat harvest and um, extraction of stem cells in the hospital. And so all those pets can... Um, be treated and have all that done in one day. So, um, so that, that's been, been really, really good. Um, and I just got interested in, in regenerative medicine. And as I'm going on, the, the more I do, the more excited I get about it. And so at this point, I've kind of devoted myself to more stem cell um, in my practice and my general practice. We've hired a couple other doctors to help us fill in the, the void in the general practice. So I'm really trying to get myself geared Really, honestly, I'd like to be doing just stem cell in my practice right now and have my other doctors continue with the, the regular general practice. So um, that's kind of how I've evolved. And you know, we've, we've done a lot of cases in the last six or seven years. And um, so and I, I'm, the more I do, the more I believe in it. Um, you know, at first, I've got to admit, I was a little skeptical, probably just like everybody else. I'm like, what am I getting myself to do? And is this really going to work? Um, and then I started doing a couple of cases and like, uh, yeah, well, that really worked pretty good. Um, and not all of them. I mean, there's varying degrees of success for sure. Not every one of those is going to be a, a, a huge success. There's so many variables um, medically with what's going on with these guys that, you know, you, you can't always expect them to, to be the, the miracle cure. And I think that's the biggest thing I point to my clients when we're when I'm about ready to embark down that road is that, Here's what we can expect realistically. You know, this isn't going to make your 14-year-old dog into a three-year-old dog again and running all over the place, but it's going to significantly improve the dog's quality of life and function for regardless of what we're treating. And in some cases, you do do really, really well with them. There are cures, particularly in some of the things besides arthritis that we treat. Um, so that, to me, is the, the real exciting part. Gosh, Dr. Hagler, this is Larry Snyder. Sorry, everyone, for getting on late. Got a late start from back from university. Sounds like I've got a sounds like I've got a soul brother out there. That's uh, <laughs> it's it's almost a, exactly the same story that that I had when we started. Um, as far as you try it, you get involved. You have to know more. And I'm I'm amazed that you've been in practice thirty some years. I've been in forty some years. The older veterinarians, like I tell people, it's like when we were in school, we were taught that pretty well anything you couldn't handle with surgery, you could handle with medicine. Anything you couldn't handle with medicine, you could handle with surgery. And after you get out of while, you find out, well, it doesn't take very long, that you find out that that doesn't hold true. And we're looking for something better. 
regenerative medicine or the use of stem cells answers a big part of that. And just like you being excited about it and, and wanting to know more about it, wanting to know how it works, wanting to know why it works, that's what I'm doing back in school right now. I'm trying to learn, learn more about what makes this all work. And I heard the request for more information, and I agree with you completely. Medivit is fantastic about getting information to you. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone about I, I, I probably talk way too much um, about stem cells to people because that's I'm, I'm so excited about it. And I'm sure that you're exactly the same way, but I, I really applaud everything you're doing and, and trying to narrow your, your scope of, um, of interest uh, yeah. to regenerative medicine. I just applaud that. I think that's fantastic. You're, you're, on, the, you're on the cutting edge. I think we're going to see more and more people because uh, the uses of stem cells, you know, when I started, everything was just pretty well arthritis. And we see by these webinars what all else stem cells are being used for. And it's, it's there, and we're going to see even more uses in the future. So I, I really applaud you. I didn't mean to get in and steal your thunder, but I'm just, I, I just am excited to, have, to see someone else going down the path that, that uh, I had chosen. So I, I congratulate you on that. No, thank you very much. Yeah, likewise. It's, uh, you know, I wish we would have been doing this 30 years ago when we were in school, and I think we would be right now, but um, it's, it is what it is, and, you know, that's the state of it right now, but I'm still, I'm just excited to be able to, you know, as I said, get into it in the later part of my career, and um, it's, Hey, who you know, said anything about later parts of career? <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a shot in the arm, but it, it's nice because there's it's it it just has so much appeal and so much potential. And you're right, we are just scratching the surface of it. And but you see, it's it's kind of accelerating the research and the knowledge and uh, the stuff that's happening is it's accelerating at a really rapid pace. In fact, this afternoon I was online looking at some stuff. It's like, oh my God, that's really going fast. Um, where they're now doing, you know, a lot of things with stem cells and cancer treatment and other Absolutely. things. So um, it's it's fantastic, and and we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I feel like right now, and uh, you know, there's a lot to learn and uh, and a lot to be to to be taught. But um, it's great. It's exciting. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's like they say, it's just begun. Yep. Um, yep. I just wish I had a had a, uh, at the start of, like you said, at the start of your, my career, rather than, than further down the line, um, as far as this is going to be an exciting ride from, from here on out, medicine is going to change so much over the next 10 years. It may not even be recognizable. I, I, I really believe that, uh, things are going to be happening and changing extremely rapidly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's already started, and it's a downhill snowball, so it's going to pick up speed as the time goes on, for sure. And Dr. Hagler, how long have you uh, how long have you been partnered with us at Medivet? Been since uh, 2013. Yeah, end of 2012, 2013. So yeah, going on seven years. Yeah. Well, how how many cases have you treated in those six or seven years? I haven't counted, but if I was to say off the top of my head, I would probably say somewhere around a hundred. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's what Josh uh, Josh said that that would be, that would be around that number. What was your what was your favorite or most memorable case that you've done out of those 
hundred something cases. Boy, there's been a lot of them. One of the most gratifying ones was um, uh, a Labrador dog about eight or nine years old and got an acute um, a masseter myositis over the weekend and ended up in an emergency clinic because he couldn't open his jaw, was screaming in pain, couldn't eat anything. So the emergency clinic around us also is a specialty practice. So they convinced the owner to, you know, to see a specialist um, uh, the following week uh, after the weekend emergency stuff. And so um, the dog was treated kind of standard ways, cortisone, and uh, that didn't really help. So they uh, add some cyclosporin and azathioprine and all this stuff. And meanwhile, the dog's problem progressed from um, just a master myositis to probably a more generalized um, either neuromuscular disease or myositis. So there was a lot of uh, temporal muscle atrophy and pelvic limb muscle atrophy. The dog developed um, an early laryngeal paralysis um, and also for some reason got a, a unilateral Horner syndrome. Um, going on. So she was fit to be tied because despite what they were doing, um, more clinical signs were happening and things were getting worse. And this was a really active dog able to, you know, run with the owner three, four miles a day. And now, you know, all it could do would be to get up and go outside and you know, pee and come back in the house. So um, she kind of came here as, as sort of a last resort because she heard we had done stem cell and said, is this something that you know, might respond to stem cell, and my, you know, my answer was yes, because <laughs> all the diseases end in either an itis or an opathy or, you know, so anything that's inflamed or um, has that kind of situation or any kind of immune-mediated disease is probably going to respond to stem cell. So um, she was convinced, and um, so we treated that dog with just intravenous stem cells, um, so it was autologous fat that we harvested from the dog and then processed the stem cells and treated them and um, treated the dog only one time. Um, and she came back for her follow-up in a month um, and uh, master myositis was gone. The dog was a little bit more energetic. Uh, surprisingly, the laryngeal paralysis and the strider was starting to fade and wasn't nearly so obvious. And Horner syndrome was starting to, you know, to resolve itself as well, too. So um, things were going good. So I decided, you know, again, not to treat it. Checked it a month later and process continued. Healing continued. But three months into this, after just one treatment, um, the master myositis was completely resolved. Um, all the dog's temporal muscles and lumbar and hip muscles that had atrophied were now just like bulging, really nice muscles. Um, the laryngeal paralysis was undetectable with just listening and auscultation and the Horner syndrome completely resolved. Um, that's one treatment and we've been following, that was probably, yeah, it was maybe eight months ago. And uh, we've been continuing to follow this dog up. It is not required. It's still got lots of bank stem cells at Medivad, but um, it is not required a, an additional treatment to date. So um, that was a pretty good one. And when we started doing the stem cells, the dog went, was, went off all medication. So, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, well, it's probably medication finally kicked in. We cut medication the day we did stem cell um, so that there would be no, no question that it was stem cell and not medication. So uh, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty rewarding one. And now this dog's back to running three miles a day with the owner and happy as can be and being his normal self. That's awesome. That's what uh, that's what Dr. Snyder would call a win-win-win. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a win-win-win all the way around. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that, that the 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 uh, the kind of the progress really parallels what we see with a lot of these immune-mediated diseases. Yep. And you yeah. begin to it's it's not as rapid as we expect for osteoarthritis, and the progression along along that two, three, four-month period seems to be kind of typical for a lot of these immune-mediated diseases. I'm I'm uh, excited to hear that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A couple of the other ones similarly, uh, <laughs> you know, responded really, really, really well. And right now we're in the middle of a, um, a pretty severe um, pemphigus foliaceous dog that's just got horrible skin and pads are sloughing off and it's just a mess. And, uh, kind of the same thing, uh, corticosteroids and immunosuppressive drugs haven't really touched it. So um, we actually just did our first stem cell treatment on this dog um, at the beginning of the week. So it'll be interesting to see how that one comes around as well. But, yeah, I agree, Dr. Schneider. The, the immune-mediated inflammatory disease things uh, seem to respond quickly and very thoroughly and completely um, over time. Absolutely, and it's and your your experience with one dose on a lot of these dogs is is uh, holds true too. It seems to start priming that immune system. I'm wondering, I I don't know if anyone out there has has treated Lyme disease. With, uh, I have not. Yeah, I've not. Be a great cells. one though. Yeah, I'm 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 always looking for always looking for um, much as much as you are when you when you when you saw that lab. You know, you, you start thinking, how can I how can I help the dog? And stem cells has to be part of that answer. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've, I've tried. Yeah, as, as time has gone on, it's probably just about anything I would try treating with stem cells at this point. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's obviously not a surgical case or something like that, but. Uh, particularly stuff that is non or incompletely responsive to traditional medical stuff. Um, I think at some point, you know, we all used to just throw up our hands, like you said earlier, and go, what do we do? Um, and now there's, you know, now there's another alternative and something that uh, was worth trying. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that kind of, I like being a pioneer and don't mind being out there and trying it. And, um, and, and mostly because of all the cases I've treated, I've had zero um, negative reactions to stem cell therapy. Um, not one, not a single thing in all the cases I've treated have we had anything remotely resembling any kind of, oh, wow, I wish I didn't do it because my dog had this kind of reaction <laughs> to it. There's There's been no reaction in, uh, at all. So from that end, there's you really have nothing to lose, and that's what I typically tell my clients. You know, this is, this is not going to make your dog worse, and it's not going to make your dog sick, and hopefully it's going to, um, you know, we don't know, but hopefully it's going to be significantly better here down the road. The worst that can happen is nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it. <clears throat> Dr. Hagler, um, in that last case, you kind of uh, mentioned banking cells and how, you know, the dog, the dog had a bunch of cells banked and you didn't get to pull them out. So for that dog, it wasn't as important. Can you speak to a case where it's important that you were able to bank those extra stem cells and pull them at a later date for retreatment? Yeah, I think the, the, the main ones are the arthritic dogs because they just require ongoing treatment. Um, particularly, you know, my experience with them has been that by the time we see them, a lot of them have, you know, been on NSAIDs and pain medication for two or three years and their arthritis is horrible. And so you're, you know, you're kind of up against the wall initially from the get-go. And so I always prepare those people, this is not going to be a, 
you know, a four month or a six month resolution or maybe not even any significant improvement in that period of time. So we're going to need to, you know, to retreat this dog on a regular basis. And um, one of those dogs in particular happened to be a pretty skinny dog. So there wasn't a lot of fat available. So I think we were only able to bank three or four additional treatments. And um, we finished those and the dog was actually starting to respond. And um, fortunately, the owner had the wherewithal to decide, okay, well, I'm going to stop having a thin dog because she wanted it thin because she thought it would be better for the arthritis, which is for sure. But as I told her, I said, you know, your thin dog isn't going to give us any more fat to help us treat. So she actually fattened the dog up. And so we were able to go back and get some more fat and, you know, have some more stem cells. But it's it's important because um, you never know how they're going to go or how long treatment's going to take or how many you're going to need. So I think it's really critical that initially you get as much fat as you can. And typically we get more fat than the uh, the 40 grams that will fit into that container, which is sort of the max. And and as you guys probably know, many of that we just send you that extra fat and let you process it and bank it for us when it gets there. So um, I like to do that because usually, typically, you're going to have eight to twelve, or maybe I've had as many as fifteen vials available for retreatment, which is, you know, it's kind of like having money in the bank. It's nice to have uh, so when you need it, you can go withdraw it. So does anybody have any questions? I'd like to open it up for questions. If anybody has anything. That um. Well, uh, uh, this is Dr. John from, from New Jersey. Uh, doctor, I actually, from uh, my uh, experience with the uh, tendons and tissues and, and horses, it was doing okay, but I never experienced the, uh, the, on, 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 the, on the small animals, which I'm now I'm practicing on, it, on them. Uh, now, the arthritis actually is the... It's, it's a lot difficult to, to get good results as the tendons and, and, and things like that. How can we get a good, good results or the best out of it for the arthritic arthritis? Or, uh, I mean, uh, in, 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 in how the cases that, uh, you know, severe arthritis could be, uh, that, that's what sometimes we will be facing it. Uh, so can you can you please give give us just an idea what what to do in case in a hard case like this like uh, uh, severe arthritis that, that can be on, on a dog how to uh, to to improve the uh, with the PRP or or stem cells how to uh, you know to 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 get to get it better and better. Yeah, I, I think from talking or listening to you talk earlier, it sounded like in in some of the horses that you were treating, you were just using PRP, um, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that leads to not so good success, even in the arthritic animals, um, is you got to do a combination of stem cell and PRP. Um, that's number one. And number two is it's really important that you try and get that into the joint so that you're going to be able to affect cartilage and um, inflammation that's in the joint. So it becomes a little bit of an art, you know, when I uh, until I started stem cell, the number of joint taps I did was minimal, um, and so that was a, that was a pretty steep learning curve for me, is learning how to you know get a needle directly into that joint so you could get the stem cells um, to where you need them. Again, Medivet has a lot of 
good stuff they can show you. They have videos on, you know, how to how to get into different joints um, with synthesis and get your uh, your stem cells and your PRP. So I think number one, you got to be able to get it into the joint, and number two is for all those dogs, I always use the combination of, of stem cell and PRP, just because I think the stem cell is going to regenerate new cartilage and um, that kind of stuff a lot faster and um, better than PRP alone. But the the really bad dogs that have the, the really significant osteoarthritis, my goal is not to have a normal joint, but just to make the dog. Uh, more functional, less painful, uh, and maybe able to get off medication. That's really my goal for those guys, and not to see that arthritis disappear. Because most of the dogs, that's not just not going to happen, in my experience. Because once it's that significant, that developed, really difficult to you know expect stem cells to break down all that arthritic bone. That's just not what they do. Um, so. Um, I always warn people, you know, here's here's what we're just trying to achieve, and um, if we can do that, and we can get your dog off of NSAIDs and pain medication, and it can move around comfortably and do its normal routine thing, then I think that's a success, um, regardless of how bad the X-rays still look. If the dog clinically is doing good, um, then you know it's been worth doing. Dr. Hagler, if I might add to some things that you've thank that you you've so said. much, Doctor. Um, if I could add a add a few things to what you said as far as the as far as the use of um, PRP, I always call PRP kind of poor man stem cells. I'll use PRP if a person doesn't feel that they want to do the stem cells. I can do PRP on a joint for arthritis, as an example. It's not going to last as long. It's not going to do as good a job as stem cells, but at least they can see some of the potential, and then they may be willing to go ahead and go to stem cells after that. The next thing is, when we talk about the severity of osteoarthritis, I was involved at the study at K-State where they did the, the hip osteoarthritis. Actually, what we found was the, the dogs that, that were the worst, the dogs that had the worst arthritis, that had the worst lameness, uh, this is radiographic evidence, this is the pain index that they, they went through with these dogs, the worse the arthritis, the better the results. Yep. And like and like you were talking about, it's not so much what the x-rays are showing us, because we've all learned, we've all seen the dogs that have fairly normal hip x-rays, and the dog's in excruciating pain from these micro-fractures, these acetabular rims. And the other side of the coin is you've seen some that the hip x-rays look terrible. You couldn't imagine the dog walking, well, even walking on them, the dog acts like there's not a thing wrong. So, you know, it's more the the, the clinical response, how that dog, uh, how that dog acts. And it's, it's one to where injecting into the joint is an important part of this, whether, whether you're using the, uh, um, the PRP, I like stem cells as you do, um, yeah. on these guys. I don't anymore. If I'm doing stem cells, I don't do a stem cell case without banking cells on that dog. I want the cells, um, to use in the future. And that's on um, young dogs, old dogs, it doesn't make any difference. Just like with tendon and ligament injuries, injecting the stem cells into those into the tendon injury is very important. And that's horses and dogs as well. Getting the stem cells into those areas of injury are very, are very important. PRP helps. It just uh, the stem cells do a much more rapid job. But yep. anyway, just wanted to just wanted to put in a couple cents worth there. Didn't mean to. Didn't mean. No, to, thank you to very much. Yeah, break. no, the, in, the input's great. Like I said, it's always good hearing people that have been doing it for a while because 
every time somebody says something, you learn something new. <laughs> and that's that's why these. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great thing webinars. about all this. Yeah, yep. that's a great thing about it. Is everything's new, and so it's you know, and it's a collaborative effort. And I think on our part, you know, as veterinarians, we all need to you know to collaborate and um, spread information and you know case studies and things we've done and. That's how, you know, that's our, our way of doing a scientific study without all the, you know, the science and the, the hoopla that's involved in it is just treating cases and, um, you know, being vigilant about responses and, you know, documenting that and sharing it with people that are, you know, doing the same thing. Absolutely. So we got a couple questions. everything. Yeah, we got a couple questions in the chat here. Um Somebody wants to know, uh, Dr. Snyder, you or Dr. Hackler, have you treated uh, a patient with end-stage ear disease, a severely calcified ear canals, uh, like it occurs in cocker spaniels? Well, I wish I could say I had. That's one I have not done. I don't know, Dr. Hackler, have you done anything with those chronic, the, just those chronic calcified? Uh, <clears throat> uh, those are terrible. I haven't, other than... Uh, you know, total ear canal ablations. I have yeah. not. I have not treated one with stem cell either yet. Is that something that's? I'd be, I'd be willing to. <laughs> yeah, you'd be willing to. I agree with you. Yeah, it's, I would be willing to try it. Absolutely, and you know, injecting some stem cells down in there and giving them some, you know, intravenously. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, rather than the tika, those tikas are terrible anyway. Oh, uh, anything's going to be better. Anything's yeah. going to be better than that. I agree, but no, I have not treated one, but I would. I would love to. So we have another question in here. Uh, somebody wants to know about topical PRP uh, therapy. Can somebody speak to a topical use for uh, PRP therapy? Have you done one of those, Dr. Hagler or Dr. Snyder? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. In fact, one of the re one of the recent ones that that the clinic that I I sold there they were using some of the some of the fish skin scaffolding. I don't know uh -huh. if anyone else has used any uh, of that. Uh, as far as on a large wound, a large wound, uh, the skin was gone, fairly large area, probably four inches by four inches. They they use that with PRP, with PRP, the, the, the clot uh, from the PRP and the PRP under that fish skin or under that fish skin scaffolding. It was interesting because within 24 hours, that's, that scaffolding had almost disappeared into the wound. Well, honestly, uh, crazy. it just it just went away. It just absolutely went away into it, and the skin it's healing beautifully. They went back in and repeated it. I think this last week, and it within 24 hours, it's like the the scaffolding disappears. But there's a nice granulation bed, and the skin beginning or the skin coming across the top. It's really quite amazing in how it works. So, PRP as far as on a lot of these degloving wounds, where there's a loss of a loss of this of the connections. Um, I know Anne England was talking about a lot of these where if you kind of pie crust that or have little areas you can get PRP under the skin, that really is very, very supportive to, to healing the skin. So topical use there, uh, injecting PRP, injecting PRP under um, um, these acrylic dermatitises, or I think Anne England was also using it on these lymphocytic eosinophilic plaques in cats. And uh, uh, feline acne. So there's a awful lot of things that you can use PRP for. Uh, yes. Uh, topically, and I I don't know, Doctor Doctor Hagler, if you've used much of it. It's it's 
really quite impressive with what it does. Yeah, no, we've done a couple of things, uh, including those those lick granulomas. I've done a few of those, and I agree with you. The other thing we've been doing um, using the topical PRP on is um, non-healing corneal ulcers. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, no reason to refer those guys to an ophthalmologist anymore um, for a contact lens or whatever. Boy, the PRP is... Um, I've had some pretty bad non-healing corneal ulcers and PRP. Respond. Yeah, and yeah. you can. We just send it home to the owners, and they put it in there just like regular eye drops. And you know, a week or two, that thing is. How frequently? How frequently are you having put those in? I just, if I can get them to put it in every two hours or so, at least initially. Yeah, really I was trying to get rapidly. It, yeah, the more that you can do is good. I mean, I minimum for me is four times a day. Um, but yeah, the more you can do it those first couple of days and then as time goes on, you can spread them out a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been really, really, really nice. God, I do have a soul brother out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we enjoy what we do and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's rewarding. It really is. And, you know, to be able to get those guys feeling better and, and healed up, it's just fantastic. Absolutely. Dr. Hagler, just out of uh, out of my own interest, could you give us an example of a time that stem cell therapy was able to help an animal greater than your expectations? I think, you know, almost every one of that I've done, um, you know, most of the ones that we see are things that are, you know, not responding to traditional medicine. Um, and at least in my case, I mean, sometimes I'll get some that right off the get-go will do stem cell but before anything else. But as I started doing stem cell, a lot of these were, you know, last resort kind of cases because people were just at their wit's end. And, you know, rather than going to stem cell first, they chose it as, you know, this is it. This is the last thing we can try. And if it's not it, it's not going to get better. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think almost every case I've treated has been rewarding and that there's been success and um, and resolution or at least partial of, of all the conditions that I've tried so um, and now as I continue on now it's even better because we're doing stem cell treatment on these guys like right away before we do cortisone or NSAIDs or anything else to treat them um, now so I've got some clients that are willing to just go straight to stem cell um, which is even better it's definitely an evolving uh, field and technology. Does anybody have any, any other questions, uh, concerns, anything you'd like to uh, raise to Dr. Hagler or Dr. Snyder? Can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Uh, Adam, sorry about that phone call, by the way. I didn't know. No, it's okay. Uh, we've been, uh, we recently treated a, I was trying to remember how big the dog, it's about a hundred, hundred plus pound uh, Mastiff for a four-year-old for IVDD, and we had uh, sent in a quick question to Ben about um, collectively what the experiences were with how often to do the stem cell treatment. Um, he came back with a day one, day 30, day, day 60. I was just curious if anyone else said uh, what the experiences have been. Gosh, I, if I, those, those are gonna be ones you know, a lot of times, a lot of times with these dogs, um, trying to get, uh, is this a lumbar IVDD case or? Um, my wife is downstairs, doctor, but uh, I would say 
narrow right, thoracolumbar. What's that? Probably, probably thoracolumbar. Probably that T thirteen area. I, I imagine. Yeah, we did not we did not isolate it per se, but we were. Uh, she could give you a more technical answer, but I believe thoracolumbar would probably be more accurate. Yeah, trying to get trying to get the the stem cells as close as we can to those to to that spine, at least to those at least to those facets that uh, the that intervertebral foramen. Trying to get it there. If it's far enough back, uh, I like epidural. I like epidural injections. If if it's a little further forward and and people are comfortable with the intrathecal injections, I think those are spectacular on these gar guys as far as taking the inflammation that that spinal cord inflammation down. I think you can do some very very positive things. We were. Uh, I was talking to some people about um, some of these older dogs with these spondylitis and spondylosis cases, um, and using the same thing with the ep with the epidural with the epidural stem cells, or uh, a lot of these um, uh, injections of some of these older dogs around these facets, these uh, these vertebral facets, because that's an articular surface too that. Uh, can get very inflamed, very painful, much like in humans. In humans, there's very little they can do for that outside of surgery. I think we can do a lot more with stem cells. So um, the big guys like that, as far as the frequency goes, another thought on that is you can take and do stem cells. And then if you need to, much like, um, you know, Dr. Rovner has been doing on his uh, cruciate tears, coming back in, at a week, two weeks afterwards, and if you need to, go ahead and use PRP paralumbar on these guys as well to to take and try to get some more of this uh, um, paracrine effect down as as close as we can to the spinal canal. So there are some things to do. These the big dogs, those are tough just to just to try to get visualize where you're injecting things at, unless it's a yeah, unless no, the no, thin one. Yeah, to to yeah. assist in that. Injections. Honestly, it was much easier taking an X-ray as while she was doing it to isolate it precisely where the needle was to be sure. Like you said, it's a pretty nerve-wracking thing doing that injection. Yep, it's it can be. A fluoroscope would be nice. Um, we have digital, so it was easy to lay the easy dog on the do. table and and get and, it done. Yeah, uh, the dog responded really well. Really well. It's been a little over a month. Um, but the owner had called to say, do we really need to do that next injection? Because the dog's response has been so favorable. Um, and we certainly did not want to do it. Uh, it's, it was one of those things where it's doing so nicely. Do you, do you avoid that classic error of, oh, they're doing so well, we won't do it anymore. You know? it's a tough, that's a tough call. That's a tough call. The dog did bank the bank a fair amount. I think it was almost a billion cells when we when we sent it for banking. So I think there are full eight um, eight injections eight. available. Yep, and certainly you don't want to you don't want to do them too fast, or you don't want to use it up too awfully fast. But you certainly uh, don't want to leave them in the bank either. Well, uh, Doctor Hagler, what what would you what would you do on on a dog that size? Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing that I've kind of learned over the years is that, you know, none of them are the same. Um, and because there is no, you know, specific direct formula information on how to treat these guys, what I do is I just rely on 
clinically rechecking them on a really regular basis. I was talking about that, I think, earlier with Dylan before we got started. And um, that's sort of my MO for de deciding when to retreat again. Um, if they're coasting along and doing good and, you know, and I'm checking them every month and the owners aren't noticing any pain or any neurological issues, I just let it sit. Because, um, again, you know, we just don't have the imaging to be able to see what's happening. So we really have to rely on what clinically is happening, you know, m most of the time. So I just make sure I stay on top of them with follow-ups. Okay. Um, and as soon as I see any sign of regression, I treat them again. Um, and if not, then, mm -hmm. you know, hey, you just let it roll and, and, until you get to that point. But you, but utilize, I think you utilize a follow-up visit frequently then. Yep, I do. I for depending on the case, but almost every one of my stem cells, regardless of what it is I'm treating, I check them monthly, at least initially, to see how things are going. Probably for the first six, eight months, um, and then you get a feel for how the dog's responding and how long the response lasts and all that. Um, and then it gives you a, a little bit of some idea how often you need to be treating them. But because it's all new to everybody, you know, there's you just I think that's how you progress science is, you know, we just keep looking and checking and, and monitoring response. Thank you. And I think you've also got the owner of the animal Ooh. buying into they're they're making the, the uh, they're making the decision of when to use the cells along with you. So it makes it a lot easier having absolutely. the owner on board too. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell people that as soon as you suspect there's a problem, that things aren't going well and the dog may be relapsing a little bit, you just need to let us know right away. And and surprisingly, sometimes they do, and then that's great because, you know, I said if it's, it's less than a month and your dog's not doing well, don't wait for that month recheck. Get them in and let's look at them. If we need to retreat them, we'll retreat them. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Any other questions out there? Y'all are on with Dr. Hagler and Dr. Snyder. Myself, Dylan Lancaster as well. Love to hear from you if you have Hi. any questions. Hi, I was uh, wondering how often the interval is in between the therapy, um, and does the IV treatment extend that, extend the intra-articular intra um, therapies? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I uh, every dog I treat, regardless of whether it's an arthritic dog or um, a spine dog or whatever else I'm treating, if it, if there's any kind of intralesional or intraarticular um, treatment, I always give intravenous stem cells along with it. Um, so I divide up my stem cells and, and do some of those um, into the joint if it's an arthritic dog, and then I also give them some uh, systemically, intravenously. Um, I do that pretty much on every case, regardless of what it is I'm treating. Again, I don't, I don't know. I haven't read anything that says one is better than you know, doing just intraarticular and no intravenous is better, um, or if the combination of the two is better, or if just intravenous and nothing intraarticular is adequate. Um, I don't know that we know that answer yet, so I just err on the side of making sure I'm covering all my bases. <laughs> um, when I, when I treat them, cause I, I want them to get better one way or the other. And at this point, since, you know, the, the verdict's not in yet, um, uh, I just tend to do, tend to do both. I, I agree with, I mean, 
We are, we've done IV on every case we've done. Uh, number one, like you said, it's not going to hurt anything. Uh, we know the stem cells are, are going to go to the lungs. They, they tend to uh, like to, like to uh, home to the lung tissue, but they still have an effect on the, on the tissue that you've injected, that you put the cells into. So um, IV, IV use, I think, is, is indicated, and, and uh, like I said, we've done them on every one of them. Yeah. Any other questions out there in the audience? We would love to hear from you. By the way, Dylan, you're sure yeah. sounding debonair tonight. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting uh, I'm getting more professional as these uh, as these go along. Oh, you're just suave and debonair. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Breaking out my radio voice this evening. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You do have a good voice. I was going to say that was going to be my comment. You have, you've got a nice voice. You, can, you know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Hagler, uh, just one question for you before we kind of close out things for the evening. Uh, what would you say to a veterinarian that's thinking about partnering with MediVet? What would you say is the, what, what are the biggest benefits of partnering with MediVet Biologics, bringing regenerative medicine uh, into your practice? The overall support, hands down. I mean, you know, you you guys have been great with us. Anything we've been willing to try and do, you've supported. All the, the training has been fantastic support. And we've gone through a few people that we've had to train. Um, you know, your willingness to work with us on different things, um, including compassionate care cases. I've had a few of those where, you know, it was something we really wanted to try and people didn't have the <clears throat> finances to do it. Um, you guys have helped us out with that um, a number of times. So really just the, the whole package, um, you know, the whole support uh, that you give from the business side of it to the medical side of it has been, uh, has been great. And um, so if you're thinking about starting into it and getting into it, there's no better way to do it than to, you know, to partner up and um, use their experience and their background and all the, the tools that they have available to, to get you going. I couldn't um, have said it any better than my soul, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's true. We, we checked into a couple of other, um, yeah, other stem cell um uh, companies um, before we went with Medivet and it really was when we saw what they had to offer and um, all that it was it was really even it wasn't a, was a no-brainer I mean we didn't have to think twice after we did our homework and compared apples and apples it was like wow this is yeah hands down the way to go so well we appreciate that and I think on that note that's a good uh, final words to close out the, the year for us here in 2019, the series of uh, MediVet Roundtable. Uh, Dr. Hagler, thank you very much for coming on with us this evening, being our guest and sharing some of your successes. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dylan, for having me. Yeah, and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. I really appreciate the support. I really appreciate to you tuning in every evening. Uh, Dr. Snyder, thank you as well. Special shout oh. out for coming on here and being my co-host every time. Heck, uh, enjoy. Enjoy it. This is fun. Maybe we can get Dr. Hagler on every every month. We could get him and Ann England and, and <laughs> some of the regulars on. It really is yep. just so much little. You, you pick up something every time you're on. You pick up a little gem that you can go ahead and use. 
Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it, Dylan. Just let me know. Awesome. Thank you. And I always say I learn something new every month. So I appreciate you all for that. Uh, and on that note, everybody, if you have any questions, uh, shoot us an email, info at medivetbiologics.com. Visit our website, www.medivetbiologics.com. Or give us a call, 859-885-7111. Uh, also, follow us on iTunes. Go ahead and download the Medivet Roundtable podcast. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Thank you, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. and a, uh, Same happy to you. Day. Thank you so much. Thank yep, you. Bye-bye. Same thing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry everyone. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yep. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.